Today, only a small percentage of utility suppliers distribute invoices via EDI, and they aren't already uh, joining P2P networks. For many companies, 25% of total invoice volume is related to recurring utility bills. Uh, this can include electricity, gas, telecom, water, uh, etc. This can amount to over 5,000 utility bills each month for a medium-sized company that's processing around 20,000 total invoices per month. Ongoing manual tasks related to utility bills uh, can hinder straight-through processing. They can result in higher costs and limit the visibility of key metrics regarding consumption, costs, and trends. I'm Scott Leahy, and this is Esker on Air. Today, I'd like to welcome back Dan Reeve and a new guest, Tim Porter. Uh, Dan, of course, is our director of sales and a frequenter of the podcast. Uh, Tim Porter is the director of strategic account sales at Urgenet. So thank you both for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here, Scott. Well, Tim, since it's your first time on Esker on Air, I'll start with you. Um, would you mind just giving us a quick introduction uh, for the audience, who you are, um, what you do, and, and maybe a little background on Urgenet? Great. Yeah, happy to do that. Happy to do that. So I'll, I'll start with a quick snapshot of what Urgenet is, what we do. We're a, a platform data as a service. We, we have a utility data platform that delivers electronic invoices and invoice data from over 7,000 utilities worldwide. We've integrated with, I think, close to 50 different countries worth of utilities um, and are helping provide an automated feed to this kind of problematic niche of invoices that people need to access somehow. Uh, and we've done that fully with software. So that's really what we do. I've been with Urgenet for close to eight years now um, and had a great time watching us grow and am responsible specifically for helping put together relationships with, with partners that make use of our platform as a part of what they're doing in their daily lives. Well, great. And, and I'll, I'll rope Dan back into this as, as well, but this question's for both of you. Kind of a, a question we've been asking a lot lately, but as industry professionals, uh, what are the trends that you're seeing most when we think pre-COVID versus post-COVID? Maybe I'll start. Is it Dan, uh, a director of sales of ESCA? There's been a big shift. And it almost, for me, it really feels like COVID has lit a fire under companies that were either thinking about transformation, i.e. automating payables or receivables processes, and or companies that you know maybe had a process in place, but they weren't fully getting the results they wanted or the outcomes they hoped. So we're seeing a lot of companies revisit and looking at the systems they have and saying, okay, can we improve the process? Can we do we need to replace the system? Um, are there opportunities here? And I think you know, a little bit of background, the backstory, the reason um, we, we came to talk with uh, Urgenet is um, Bob Cohen, who is, uh, you know, he's a um, thought leader in this space with Ardent Partners. Um, he'd said to me, hey, Dan, you, you know, Urgenet, they're doing some really good, valuable work in, in helping enterprises get their um, utility invoices under control, um, get them paid and improve visibility. And there could be a real service you could provide to your customers if perhaps you were to team up with Urgenet, you know, maybe help get those invoices into, into, the, um, into the approval process quicker. And so, you know, obviously, Bob has written, writes a lot about different um, 
providers, predominantly in the procure to pay space. I think he's a real uh, thought leader. And, and when Bob says, when Bob says, go and go and have a chat with, you know, uh, a company, I do, you know, because I, I realize he, he's got good foresight and he knows how, you know, he's got great ideas as to how to provide value um, to the, you know, to procure to pay um, professionals. Yeah, you know, some of the other trends um, that we've seen, and I would echo that um, Dan's sentiment that it's really accelerated the the migration to automation. Um, you know, I think the very first immediate thing the companies started to panic about and come up with immediate plans for, I know we had to do this here at Urgent is, oh my gosh, we're not going to be allowed to be in the office. We have to figure out how to make sure everyone has connectivity and can work from home. Do we have everything that we need? Does everyone have connectivity and computers and all that need, you know, immediately need to be discovered and, and put in plans put in place to keep the companies running. And after that, they realize really quickly, companies realize really quickly what parts of their operations that hadn't been planned for to be automated um, suddenly became, you know, glaring. And all of a sudden, if you've enabled your workforce to try to be functional from home, but realize that there's a part of what needs to happen every day that can't be done from home, like manually processing invoices or checking the mailroom and opening envelopes and scanning things, that that suddenly becomes, um, you know, a real problem. And so this world of automation that we have decided to participate in has really gotten a boost over this, this COVID thing. And I don't want to, we don't want to say anything great about the environment that we've had for the last year nearly. Um, but there, you know, I think that is one benefit that's coming out of it is that people are starting to find more efficient ways to do things um, when they're not able to be in the office. And Tim, I think you, you were touching on uh, my next question a bit at, at the end there, but what are the most common problems that, uh, that people are, are, are telling you uh, they're dealing with manual invoice processing? It's, you know, speed is one of the biggest ones. You know, automating lets you be in a position to pay invoices much more quickly and much more kind of on your timeline. Uh, you know, we've seen often in some of these small municipalities where you're getting your water from, for instance, and sometimes your electricity, they'll give you only five days to pay. And, and you know, I, I, I wonder in some cases that maybe this is a, a budgeted source of income for some of these small munis, but you know, waiting for the mailman, uh, reliance on the mail uh, for an invoice receipt leads to missing invoices sometimes and late invoices. So I think speed uh, is a real is a real problem um, for manual processing. Uh, you know, according to a study from IOFM that I had read, companies relying on manual methods can handle on average around 1,400 invoices per FTE per year, but companies that have implemented some form of straight through processing that number can go from 1,400 invoices to 22,000 per FTE per year. So that's clearly the goal, right? And there's massive improvements that can be made in speed and, and productivity. Um, and, and that all that manual work just introduces the need for additional resources, opening envelopes, printing PDFs, scanning documents, going to websites to download bills, all these different things that people do to try to get invoices. Um, and this is really particularly you know, shown itself to be a problem and a fail point during this time of COVID. So the increased resources um, can lead to uh, can lead to certainly a good bit of of increased costs. Um, costs not just in people resource in resources, you know, in people costs, but also in in late fees. You know, I heard one company. Now, late fees are a big problem uh, in the utility world. 
Um, and I heard one company that before they had automated their processes, particularly with utility invoices, they were so worried about shutoffs that they were spending six figures a month. So over $100,000 a month on FedEx fees, just in order to get those kind of almost late bills to the vendors on time to avoid the late fees. So they, they didn't, they couldn't afford to have shutoffs. And the late fees in some cases were so significant that it was worth paying, you know, big money to a FedEx truck to get the, the, the bill there the next day. So, um, you know, that all, all kinds of trickle down costs and, and inefficiencies that um, are found in, in, in manual invoice processing. Yeah, all great. Dan, did you have any other um, um, any other additional problems you're you're hearing about or seeing with with manual invoice processing? Um, I think the common trend is CFOs, finance leaders, they're just being pressured to um, squeeze. You know, imagine you've got a wet dishcloth. You're going to squeeze that dishcloth and keep squeezing and, and milk out as much efficiency and as much water or as much sort of cost as you can. So I think a lot of companies are trying to get better control of their money in general, be it, hey, let's make sure we're really efficient when we place orders, receive orders from our customers and we send out the invoice and we collect the money, we apply the cash. On the procure to pay side, I think companies just want early visibility because then they can make decisions. Uh, okay, do we have a lot of maverick spending that we need to prevent? Or, you know what, is there an opportunity to consolidate spend? Um, is there an opportunity maybe to pay, as I think um, was being, you know, Tim was alluding to, is there an opportunity to maybe pay early and earn early payment discounts? Pay early and just keep the supplier. Um, some companies are, doing, are still doing this, where they are paying early to protect their supply base, to keep them in business. Or, you know, we can decide, are we going to... Um, sit on that cash because we, we, we clear the invoice and you know maybe we pay early, maybe we don't. I think this is what's led to a dramatic increase in interest in not just solutions like ESCA, but also, you know, I think of folks like um, Comdata, CSI, these folks who are providing um, sort of immediate procurement virtual and pay, uh, procurement card capabilities so that you can not only pay the supplier quickly, securely, but maybe you know you take the, the the savings that you get from those type of programs, and they can be used to to, to cover the cost of implementing a technology like an ESCO or like an Urgenet. Uh, so I, I think there's, as we talked about applying fuel um, to this fire, I think that that you know that's not just on capturing the invoice from various sources, including utilities. It's not just about uh, moving the invoice through, getting it. Um, coded and approved and better visibility. I think it extends all the way through to payment as well. Yeah, and I think you guys are, are kind of going a, a above and beyond on each question here. I think we're touching on, it seems like every time I have a question, you touch on it with the previous one. But are there, uh, you know, if we're talking about the the actual AP automation solution, how how specifically does an AP automation solution alleviate these issues? Um, who are you directing that question to? Uh, well, yeah, I'll start with I'll start with uh, uh, Tim to start here. Yeah, and it, this this may be more of a Dan question because uh, sure. you know we help with one specific niche of the of the invoice universe, um, but I think that the primary goal and and benefit that you see from an AP automation solution in general is you're taking paper out of the process, and that allows for a lot of things that Dan was alluding to. 
you know, automation for routing and approvals, payment of invoices on your schedule, better visibility into what the spends um, spend is with, you know, by category and just better visibility for those executives that are looking for that, you know, wringing out of the rag, you know, to get every last bit of cost savings and efficiency out of the organization. And there's just, there's just no question that there are some things that can be done better by people. There's no question, right? Putting on podcasts, leading a discussion, but there's some things that are just better done by software and technology and, and routing and approvals and payments and collection of data and invoices. That stuff's just better, you know, better solved, letting, letting computers and software do that. Smart algorithms do that. So um, that's kind of that's kind of my vision on on the benefits uh, that you should see from AP automation. Yeah, Dan, I'm I'm sure you've got something to add as well. Well, I think uh, Tim did a great job of answering my question. I feel I should give uh, Urgent a plug because the you know one of the reasons Bob had said, hey, you should you know, and Bob and, and and Tim have explained the value of Urgent is yes, you know, ESCO includes machine learning, um, AI, and we have a global network, so. Any invoice flowing through the network, dare I say, from an organization's competitors or peers, we may well have seen that invoice before and and have learned the structure and the trends. Um, But the thing that I think Urgenet does that, obviously do many things, but the thing I found particularly interesting is I think I saw a metric, something like there's 8,000 or so utility companies out there. And the, the, the folks at Urgenet have sort of already gone and, pre-mapped and captured the way that those utility companies produce those invoices uh, and they're able to sort of uh, bring that data straight into a platform like ESCA. So instead of you know receiving paper or a PDF, if my understanding is correct, what Urgenet are doing is, hey, well, we've already pre-mapped that. We can bring all that content straight in and just feeding the data into a tool like ESCA. There's, there's, there's little learning or mapping or coding needed. Is that right, um, Tim? I, 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 I'm doing my best to describe, you know, what you guys are up to, but I'm not sure if I'm accurate. No, you're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Basically, what our platform has built is a network of connections. We call them templates that know the structure of of specific utility vendors' invoices. We know where they're stored. We typically are using kind of the front door method, the user permissioned method of of having them link their utility accounts online with us, with our platform, so that our software can navigate a website to where the bills are stored, download those bills, check every day to see if a new one's shown up. And as soon as it does, we download it and extract data from it and provide it as a a data feed to whatever system it needs to get into. So we have used with software what some folks might be doing as kind of their first step of automation, and that's uh, eliminating the mailman by having people log in and download invoices. Well, we have software that logs in and downloads those invoices and then extracts the data from them. So that network of connections to 7,000 plus invoices are utilities that we've, uh, that we built, you know, requires a lot of care and feeding and a lot of development work. We've, we've been at it for about 11 or 12 years now. Um, and that really is probably our, I guess if we have an asset, it's more than our people. It is that it's that set of connections that we've got. But you described it well, Dan. Well, it makes me think. You know, you you talked about how business is changing and how folks don't want to have to go in the office to pick up the invoices. And dare I say it, we're seeing. Um, you know, I've just 
um, shut down our office here in Denver to be to be to be safe. And and I think we're probably going to see more and more people working from home again if they weren't already. And one of the things I think you guys bring to the table is to give you an example. I know that we post COVID will be renegotiating with suppliers saying, don't send us paper. We, we don't want it. We don't risk being in another situation where we're having to force somebody to go into the office to pick these things up. You know, we can pay you fast if you give it to us electronically, um, or at least give us a, give us an image uh, or a PDF. I think what I see from you folks is, you know, it could be difficult, perhaps, I imagine, to turn to your, your utility provider and say, hey, I need, I need a flat file from you folks. But you folks are, have already done that groundwork and, 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 so individual enterprises aren't having to go and sort of negotiate and ask, ask for a favor from their utility. You've already done that sort of that. You've mopped that up, so to speak, and, you've, and you're able to pass it on to enterprises electronically. So I think for me, that's that's interesting because you've done the work. You, you know, you, as you said, you, you've got you know, many, many years and you've done that groundwork for enterprises. I'm just not sure that enterprise, you know, enterprises realize this is available. Yeah, and then coming back to you, Tim. Uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, the niche nature of what you guys do earlier. Um, we've talked a, a little bit about some um, some pain points, but are there any uh, any other um, unique pain points uh, when it comes to the utility invoices? And kind of two part question: What are organizations that you see uh, doing to treat those pains? Yeah, so you know, utility invoices are. A bit of a unique category. It's it's one that is still mostly paper based in a lot of organizations, and there are a handful of reasons for that. Dan alluded to one of them, and that's that they're just thousands of vendors. So unlike other commodities that you're purchasing, resources that you're purchasing for your business and your operations, you don't always get a choice of who you buy it from. Um, and you know, there's I think there's at least three thousand electricity companies alone in the U.S. And unless you're in one of the 15 regulated, deregulated states, you're going to buy from who it is that's selling it. Um, and when you talk about water and sewer, gosh, I think there's there's more than 50,000 water companies that are your, that you're buying your water from. So um, that's one of the problems. You can't really consolidate your spend in this category. So to get all of your, we've got one company who's seeing more than 35,000 invoices a month from their, just from their utility category. And they're not massively huge. They're, they're a good sized business, but they're so geographically dispersed that 35,000 invoices a month is, is a big, is a big problem for them to handle. So the number of vendors is a big problem. The other thing too, is that there really isn't the availability of electronic files. So Dan mentioned this, right? There's, you know, you can't, some of the larger providers will give you an EDI file. But it's only the larger ones that will do that. Uh, often it's only the ones that would be in a, in a deregulated market where they do have some sense of a competitive landscape where they want to you know, serve the customer um, better to try to hang on to them because you can switch who you're buying your electricity from every, every year. Um, but in most cases, you're not going to get EDI. Uh, and in particular, because of the regulated nature of a lot of this, um, a lot of these purchases, there's not much incentive for those utility vendors to join a P2P network. So it's just, there's not a, it's not a competitive commodity in a lot of cases. 
the utility companies, you know, the last thing they want to deal with is coming up with, with fancy or, or, or more expensive ways for them to deliver their customers' data to their customers. And so, um, you know, that concept just means that this is stayed as a very paper-based kind of subset of invoices within a huge number of corporations. And we have seen in some instances that it represents 25 to 30% of a company's total invoice volume. So that's not great, right? Um, that's not great. So that's, you know, that's, that's a problem uh, that has led to, you know, companies like us, you know, that's sort of where we got our start. It's a good thing that it's a messy problem because it is kind of screaming for automation. Um, and as far as your um, question about, you know, what are folks doing to treat those pains, some are going to eat, to get EDI feeds where they can. They're comfortable having that type of uh, kind of input into their systems. Then EDI is an option in some cases. Lots of them are using us to do that. You know, we're doing more than a million bills a month for people these days in a variety of use cases. And you can kind of consider us effectively sort of an Uber EDI feed that just happens to connect to thousands of utility companies so that you're integrating with our data feed and you're actually effectively getting electronic connectivity to thousands of utility companies. Um, so we're a really good sort of Uber vendor, I guess you could almost, you can almost consider us to be. Um, some folks are treating those pains, like I said, as a first step, getting rid of the paper, getting rid of the mailman by just going and downloading bills on the website. Um, that is a step in the right direction, but it's, it's just introducing more uh, resource that's needed to get the invoices. So fully automating not only the collection of the invoices, as well as the data extraction from those invoices is really, is really the best solution or kind of the best medicine for treating those pains of this highly paper-based invoice set. Yeah, so, so what I gathered there, not a, not a whole lot of companies doing EDI, uh, still very uh, paper-heavy. Are you seeing any, any other forms? Uh, do you see those invoices in uh, e- email form or PDF? Uh, you know, how are other companies uh, sending that to AP or to their ERP systems? Uh, yeah, we do see emailed invoices. You know, we see invoices available on websites. We we see sometimes you can get companies to drop off big files full of PDFs. Um, the the net of it is our platform kind of considers a PDF, a structured PDF of an invoice to be a data file. Mm-hmm. And that's really part of the secret sauce for our stuff. You know, a PDF, a structured PDF that you do download from a website or that you do get emailed to you as an attachment. It is a data file. It's a data file that happens to be formatted to be printed with cool graphics and colors and fonts. Um, but if you open it up, inside of it is, you know, field name, field value, location on the page. These are, these are you know, instructions within the, within the data file that allow you to see exactly what it is that's going to be appearing on the bill. And so that is a great data source. Um, so folks don't often consider a PDF, a structured PDF, to be a data file, but it is. Um, and that's what our software specializes in and pulling those those data elements off. So getting to that structured PDF is really the goal of our platform. Most of the time we can do that by going through websites. Uh, sometimes we, we have to build integrations to email-based deliveries. In Australia, for instance, that's one of the primary means to electronically distribute their invoices to people. If you don't want paper, 
then you have to give them your, your invoice and, or your email, and they'll email it to you as an attachment. So we build automation to recognize those in emails coming in and, and detaching those invoices. Um, so that's, that's, you know, the, those are the primary methods. Sometimes there are OCR technologies that are needed for bills that are only available on paper. Um, and those introduce their own challenges, but sometimes that's the only option that exists. So that's, that's sort of the variety. I think we have in our last review, we feel like with all the utilities that we've integrated with, at least here in the United States, that we have connectivity for, you know, 90% of the nation at least. Um, and I know when we do kind of vendor matchings with people's vendor lists, we normally have at least 85% to 90% match, which means immediately we could provide an electronic version of, of the delivery of those invoices. And that's, you know, if you can get a switch that you can flip that turns 85% of your invoices uh, into an electronic feed, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty valuable switch. And Tim, can I ask you a question on that? I mean, the thing that comes to mind for me is I've always said the value is is payables automation or procure to pay is more control, more visibility. But if you really want to take control of that, then you need to move fast. And I think you hinted on the point that speed is important. And I can just perceive that because you are automatically going and picking up utility invoices as they're produced, by these uh, utility providers, and and because you've already converted it into electronic, maybe you save some time. I mean, I I don't know. Are you saving a day or two, even if the company, if, even if the enterprise that you work with or we work with, is, has a, a, a automation technology? I mean, I I could imagine you might be saving a day or two in that process, which arguably, you know, days count when it comes to days payable outstanding, days sales outstanding. Yeah, for sure. In fact, we see more than a day or two um, kind of increase in days to pay, I guess. And that's a big thing. We have a lot of our partners are actually paying the bills and some kind of utility bill management solution or something that that they are on the hook for getting the bill paid. And, and they're often seeing that we can get them in some cases, you know, a week extra to get the, they get the bills there a week sooner. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there was something that you, you talk about, Bob, and the, Ar the Ardent Partners guys, I saw something that they had reported that said the top performing AP departments are processing 75% of their invoices straight through, through some kind of automation. And that when they're doing that, those departments are seeing processing times that are 74% faster than people that aren't doing that straight through processing. And that that associates with it an 80% reduction in processing costs. So it's not just that it's faster, it's and it's significantly faster, right? 74% faster, um, but it also lowers your costs for, for processing those invoices by 80%. So I thought that was that was a really interesting, an interesting note that Arden had had discovered. Well, I think one of the reasons that this is all relevant is that um, this type of technology, you know, when we were in the boom economy. Um, you know, the start of the year, I think companies were often looking to do more, absorb growth, um, free up their people to do more value and strategic tasks. I think that still is the case, yet we are also seeing furloughs and layoffs and reductions in force, yet the bills still need to get paid on time. You know, and, and see if the, the, the financial leaders still want visibility um, 
and the advantages of technology, but in many cases, yeah, unfortunately, they're being asked to do this with less folks. You know, that's the painful reality for, for many organizations. Yeah. And one of the pain points that I actually failed to mention at the end is that of all those things that make utility invoices in particular a bit more challenging than your average invoice, to make matters worse, the real pain point is that if you miss paying them, you can get shut off. Right. Right. So the the what is the impact of the organization if you have, you know, one of your stores electricity be turned off for a day or half a day? You know, right. um, so the the late fees can be significant and they are not afraid, again, not a competitive commodity, right? They're not afraid to turn you off if you miss a bill. So these are important, these are important invoices to make sure you're handling. Well, I think I'll I'll segue into the final question here. And again, something we've touched on uh, bits and pieces here and there. But if you had to, I'll start with you, Tim, if, if you had to uh, highlight some of the most significant benefits realized by your users, you know, what would you call out? I would probably say three things. Um, speed and productivity would be the first, right? This, that, that, uh, that number that we got from the, uh, from the IOFM study that it's uh, you know, 14,000 or 1,400 versus 22,000 invoices per FTE per year, if you can do automation or not. I think that's that kind of sums up the speed and productivity um, benefit pretty, pretty clearly. The second would be cost savings just everywhere, resource costs, reduced late fees, errors in the bills for manual entry, shut off, uh, you know, impact to your business. So cost savings would be number two. And a third, I think, Really, I wouldn't have said probably as much until this year, and that's really a business continuity benefit, you know, especially in this time where people aren't in the office anymore. Making sure that you don't interrupt your operations just because there's not somebody there physically in the office to manage these things. And then back to you, Dan, you can probably zoom out a little bit, you know, just in general, um, what would you, you say the most significant benefits might be? Well, I think it depends on the organization's goals, but for sure, um, you know, there's plenty of metrics out there from the likes of Ardent Partners and, you know, and Gartner, who, you know, obviously recognized ESCA recently, um, putting us in a magic quadrant. But I, I think the, the, the consistent theme I hear from CIOs and, and, and finance leaders is better visibility, um, control spend, it's a start of the journey. Um, to, I mean, for example, we, we work with, uh, I think I can give Maxim Tire a plug there in Atlanta. They've said, we're going to start this journey by automating accounts payable, controlling a cost, freeing our people to do better value work. But that's part of the journey where, as it's part of the change management, we're making folks aware that we're putting in this technology. We would like to sort of creep further into the procurement um, uh, area where we convert more indirect spend more uh, non-PO invoices to be more PO-like. So I think it comes down to both cutting of costs, freeing up people to be more productive, ability to scale. Uh, you know, you see organizations will often establish shared services. I was talking to a company in the, the pool and the, 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 the pool and hot tub space, and they're actually really busy right now. You know, many people are saying, okay, well, spend on the home went up and has continued to go up. Um, and, and those folks have said, look, you know, visibility, control of spend, um, wrapping our arms around the, the indirect 
spend process is 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 really key, and and that will only continue to con to to sort of grow um, for both you know the payables and and, and the back end uh, procure to pay process. Well, great. Uh, thank you so much for 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 joining us today, uh, Dan and Tim. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, as always, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, if you're looking for more information on digital transformation in your business processes, uh, you can find us at esker.com. Uh, and if you want to learn more about Urgenet, uh, urgenet.com is where you can find them. Uh, until we uh, talk again, stay safe and, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time.